Lucius Manlius Severinus Boethius was born around AD 480. Uh, he and his sons rose to high honors under Theodoric the Ostrogoth, who was the ruler of the independent Ostrogothic kingdom of Italy between 493 and 526. So this is the period after the Roman Empire had officially fallen in the West. But of course, many of the institutions of the Roman Empire persisted under the Ostrogoths and uh, business kind of went on as, as normal. Uh, for example, Boethius became consul in 510 and in 522, his two sons who were not fully grown up obtained the consulate as well. Uh, so Boethius was a highly placed uh, courtier in the Ostrogothic kingdom, but uh, he fell from favor and was tried for treason, wrongly condemned and imprisoned at Ticinum, which is now Pavia in Italy. The background is not that important, but uh, there was tension between a pro-Byzantine party in the Senate, which was bent on church union with the East and the West, uh, and then the Gothic court in Ravenna. Boethius's involvement on behalf of um, Albinus and the uh, pro Byzantine faction in the Senate led to his arrest in Pavia. Well, sentenced to death and to forfeiture of all his property, he was executed by sword, probably in the autumn of 524 AD. Now, to this day, his remains rest in the church of San Pietro Sialdoro in Pavia, where he's been revered as a local saint and martyr since the Middle Ages. Well, this Boethius was a scholarly man with a lifelong love of philosophy in particular. He wrote um, in beautiful Latin on a variety of subjects uh, in theology and philosophy, especially Aristotle, which was his great love. Um, he had planned to translate and comment on all the works of Plato and Aristotle to demonstrate the agreement of these two philosophers, but um, he got chucked in jail and while in prison, he wrote his most famous work, which is called the Consolatio Philosophiae, the Consolation of Philosophy. Uh, this includes some reflections on his political downfall. He complains about the cruelty of the political leadership of his day. Um, and he goes on to discuss lots of interesting philosophical questions like uh, what values are there? It really prompts him to these very substantive reflections. Uh, what is the highest good? What is the relationship between providence and free will? Uh, this work is, is beloved of philosophers and, and others. Uh, the, the interesting thing about it sort of as Latin is that he switches back and forth between prose and poetry, which is a, there are not too many works that do that. Uh, that's just what he decided to do. The, uh, there's a dialogue here with philosophy who's personified as a lady who comes to visit and sort of chats with the condemned man in prison. All right, so I'm going to read for you and translate for you a lovely uh, section, a poetic section. Just before this, Queen Philosophy has appeared and asked him, that is Boethius, if Boethius thinks that he's the. this is the first time that wisdom has been attacked and endangered by a wicked society. Now she cites some other examples. She cites Greek examples like Socrates, Anaxagoras, and the Stoic Zeno of Kidium. Um, and among the Romans, Seneca and 
Barrios Serenus. These are philosophers who suffered death or banishment at the hands of ignorant mobs or tyrants. So Boethius is trying to make himself feel better right, by thinking about these great precedents for his current fate. Uh, and then at this point, Boethius switches to poetry and puts the ideal of philosophical fortitude in the face of corrupt power into 18 lovely hendecasyllabic lines. Okay, what I'll do first is read my own very literal translation uh, so you can get the thought, and then I'll read the Latin, uh, and then I'll follow that up with a reading of a more polished uh, poetic version by S.J. Tester. Whoever has driven arrogant fate under his feet, serene in a calm or orderly lifetime, and has been able to keep an unconquered expression while gazing erect that is standing tall at either fortune, good or bad, that man, the raging threats of the ocean, will not move as it stirs up the sea swell overturned from its depths. Nor will wandering Vesuvius disturb him when its furnaces have broken and it hurls smoke-producing fires. Nor will the root of the burning thunderbolt, which is accustomed to strike high towers, disturb him. Why do wretched men so marvel at savage tyrants who rage without strength, that is, without real strength, neither hope for something nor dread something? This is advice. You know, don't hope for anything. Don't dread anything. You will have disarmed the anger of a powerless tyrant. But whoever, trembling, fears or desires, because he is not steadfast and independent, has tossed aside his shield and having moved from his place, that is having abandoned his post, is binding the chain by which he can be dragged. All right, here comes the Latin. Quis quis composito serenus aevo, fatum sub pedibus eget superbum, fortunamque tuens utramque rectus, invictum potuit tenere vultum, Non illum rabies minaeque ponti, versum funditus exagitantis aestum. Nec ruptis quotiens vagus caminis, torquet fumificos vesaevus ignes. Aut celsas soliti ferire tures, ardentis via fulminis moebit. Quid tantum miseri saevos tyrannos, mirantur sine viribus furentes? Nec speres aliquid, nec extimescas, ex armaviris impotentis iram. At quisquis trepidus pavit vel optat, quod non sit stabilis suique juris, abiecit clipium, locoque motus, nectit qua valeat trahi catenam. Okay, here's a little smoother translation than the one that I gave you. He who has ground proud fate beneath his heel, calm in his own well-ordered life, and has looked in the face good and ill fortune, still able to keep erect his unconquered head, he shall not be troubled by the rage or threats of the sea, 
driving the turning tide up from the deep, nor by Vesuvius, however often it break from its deep forges, flinging its smoking fires abroad, nor by the blazing thunderbolts that strike down lofty towers. Why are wretched men so stupefied by cruel tyrants, raging with no real power? Leave hope and fear aside, and anger is impotent, weaponless. But he who trembles with fear or desire, fickle at heart, nor master of himself, has thrown away his shield, and left his post, and links the chain by which he can be led. Okay, so he starts out with an image of a, of a wise man who is um, serene, uh, composito serenus aivo. He's serene in his composito aivo. That is a lifetime that is either well-ordered or calm. That's the two ideas are both present in composito. Um, and the word aivo, I guess, suggests that this is sort of a lifelong policy of philosophical independence from power. And this person has fatum sub pedibus eget superbum. He's uh, literally driven arrogant fate under his feet. In other words, almost like a conquering hero. He's got fate on the ground and is stomping on it because he's superior to, uh, to that. Then this person is also gazing two ends at good fortune and bad fortune. So is able to deal with both you know, have sort of self-control in good times and have fortitude in bad times. Fortunamque tuens utramque rectus, standing up straight, and can look at it with an unconquered face. Invictum potuit tenere vultum, keep his face unconquered. Standing up straight in dignity. This is the philosophy gives you the ability to meet whatever comes at you. All right, so then there follows a series of lines of, in using sort of metaphors from the natural world that are really talking about the irresponsibility of absolute power, the, the monarchy that he's caught in, monarchical system that he's caught in. And he's, he refers to the sea and then to my favorite passage to Mount Vesuvius and um, then also lightning. So he says, Non illum rabies minaeque ponti versum funditus exagitantes aistum. These are the things that won't moeba, won't move him. Not the rabies minaeque ponti, the, the um, rages, the madness, and the threats of the sea, which is roiling up the sea funditus in its depths. Versum, having been turned over, funditus in its depths. Exagitantes, that's of the, the, the sea, agitating these things. All right, that the second thing is, is Vesuvius. Nec ruptis quotiens vagus caminis torquet fumificos vesaius ignis. Nor Vesuvius, Vesuvius, uh, which is described as vagus, as wandering. Of course, it's not Vesuvius that's wandering, but it's the fires. So he says, wandering Vesuvius hurls torquet its fumificos ignis, its smoke producing fires. That's a, that word is Virgilian, fumificos, occurs in the, um, the Cacus episode in Book 8 of the Aeneid, and it's very rare. He simply borrowed that from Virgil. And uh, Vesuvius does that ruptis caminis, when its forges or its furnaces have broken open. It's a beautiful, vivid uh, uh, image of volcanic eruption. All right, next thing is lightning. Aut calsas sleti ferire tures, 
Ardentis via fulminus. The the via literally is the subject here. So the the root of burning thunderbolt Ardentis fulminus will not move him. And this thunderbolt is accustomed to strike at high towers, Kelsas Tures, Solitiferire Kelsas Tures. Uh, you, you can see a, a metaphor there, sort of the, the, the taller they are, you know, the, the, the harder they fall, uh, the lightning only strikes those who are, are prominent. Certainly, Boethius himself falls into this category. All right, so then he turns, starting in line 11, to more kind of the general rule, the philosophical rule that he's articulating. He's sort of talking to himself the way philosophy, he has philosophy talking to him. It's like, why are you so upset? Why are you why are you so wretched? Quid tantum miseri saibus tyrannus mirantur siniveribus frentis. Why, why do people, wretched people, um, why are they so amazed at savage tyrants? So why are they, why are they mirantur, the tyrants? Then they're described as siniveribus frentis, raging without strength. Now, obviously, tyrants have strength, and they would be tyrants but he means sort of without true possibility to harm you morally, right? The physical harm cannot harm your will. This is a, a key Stoic principle. Now he tells you how to think about this. He says, don't desire, don't hope for or fear anything. Don't hope for anything positive. Don't fear it for anything to prevent it happening. And you will disarm the anger of the tyrant. So nec speres aliquid, nec extimescas, extimescas, don't hope for anything, don't fear of anything, and you will have disarmed, exarmaveris, the anger impotentus of the impotent one, literally, or the word can mean the raging one. So impotence has both those connotations. It can mean obviously impotent, but um, very commonly, actually, it, it means out of control uh, in the sense of raging out of control. And so this is, I guess, a noun version of this participle, nominal version of the participle, referring to the, the impotent one um, the, uh, that is the tyrant, or the raging one. All right, the last few lines here talk about the sort of contrary to that, someone who does fear or desire. He says that such people are not stable, they're not under their own control, and he compares them to soldiers who have thrown away their shields, <laughs> which is the philosophy is the shield, right? They've thrown away the shield and deserted their posts in fear. Uh, and then he switches metaphors to think of them as, I don't know, I guess slaves, <laughs> making the chain by which they're going to be dragged, right? Their desires are like a chain around their necks. Uh, all right, so the last lines are, but he who fears or wishes tremblingly, at quis quis trepidus pawet, well optat, fears or desires, Quod non sit stabilis sui quiguris, because he is not stable, or sui juris, literally of his own right, in other words, independent, abiecit clipium, lucoquim motus, he has thrown away his shield and moved away from his place, that is, having deserted his station, nectit qua valeat trahi catena. All right, see if you can get all of this one last time in the Latin and understand it as it goes by. Quis quis composito serenus aivo, fatum sub pedibus egit superbum. Fortunamque tuens, utramque rectus, invictum potuit tenere vultum. Non illum rabies minaeque ponti, versum funditus 
exagitantis aestum, nec ruptis cotiens vagus caminis torquet fumificos vesaevus ignes, aut celsas soliti ferire tures, ardentis via fulminis moebit, quid tantum miseri saevos tyrannos, mirantur sine viribus furentes, nec speres aliquid, nec extimescas, ex armaviris impotentis iram. At quisquis trepidus pavet vel optat, quod non sit stabilis suique juris, ab iecit clipeum, locoque motus, nectit qua valeat trahi catenam.